Hi and welcome to the podcast. You're having tea with Alice. This week's guest is Al Murray, who's an English comedian. He plays a character you might recognise uh, called the pub landlord and he's also a business owner and a very interesting chap. We talked about history and money and relationships and all sorts of things. I really enjoyed uh, having the conversation with him. We were in Camden at a place called Mayleaf Tea House, which you should go to. It's very good. It does good tea, a huge range of different teas. It's also got a kind of a natural natural therapies branch off to the back. So if you like that, you can have tea and a massage, uh, which I haven't done yet, but I might um, do for a, a Christmas present. Um, it is that time of year. It's the we're not allowed to say Christmas anymore time of year. So enjoy that if you have one of those people in your life. And I wanted to say oh this is the bonus episode by the way because I, I missed a I missed a week um due to entirely due to my own kind of being a bit overwhelmed so I thought I would give you this episode a little early and give you a regular episode um as usual early next week um so there's that thank you everybody who's been emailing me on alisrfraser.gmail at gmail.com that's how you do it you put an at in the middle alisrfraser at gmail.com or tweeting me at alliterative or hitting me up on the patreon messenger service thank you patreons uh patreonites people who are on patreon it's incredible um i've recently started writing articles on request if that's something that you would like um, and you're a Patreon subscriber, just hit me up and tell me what you want me to talk about. I've recently been requested by a Patreon um, subscriber to write something about infidelity, and I'm I'm interested to. I don't know what I think about it. Uh, in general, I, I don't. I'm not. I haven't really thought about that subject deeply. So I will. I will go into it, um, and we'll find out together what I think. So that's 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 going to be fun. Other than that. Um, if if you do like the podcast but you don't want to subscribe on Patreon, uh, telling your friends, tweeting about it, all of those things are good. Or just saying hello. It's so lovely. I was in Wales last night and I, a, a Teacast listener came up and gave me a, a, a small packet of tea. And it's it's great. Like, it's really good. I don't check my numbers for this. So uh, when I meet one of you, it's it's such a thrill for me. I get starstruck. So if you do see me, say hello. It's um, it's lovely. It's really good. I was um, I was in Oxford Circus earlier today, and um, I just got a phone call from a friend saying there's been a a, a shooting there. Um, so that's always a strange feeling to be like I was there about an hour before this incident, apparently, um, and it's a strange thing to be temporarily at least um, proximate to something like that. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't, it doesn't feel real, I guess, in a way, or it feels more real. One of the two. One of the two. Anyway, that, I don't, again, I'm not going to go into that. I'm going to let you listen to the podcast because I think it's a really good one. And uh, say hello. I'm in London. I'll be doing gigs in the next couple of weeks. They're usually up on my Twitter. Sometimes they're up on my website if I'm organized. Um, or you can just email me again and ask me what I have coming up in your area. That's that for me. I will see you next week for more difficult conversations with interesting people. Uh, you're having tea with Alice. Um, who are you and what are you drinking? I'm Al Murray and this is some black tea that um, uh, has just gone through this sort of big condenser device in front of me. Yes. With a button and the tea. It's beautiful. I, I like these ones a lot because they're a two-stage process. There's something nice about the procedure yeah. of... Ritual. Doing, Are you yeah. a, a ritual person then? N not, not in a kind of a insane way. Yeah. Not to shame anyone who has that, but no, I do like a, a, a set of things to do, small uh, tasks. Okay. Makes me feel organised even though I'm not at all <laughs> organised. There's a lot to be said for routine, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. Do you have a routine? Do you like it? No, I don't. That's why I think there's a lot to be said for it. I wish I did. <laughs> Are you? Do you have uh, organisation? Like, I'm not naturally an organised person, so I kind of compulsively over-organise to... No, I'm profoundly chaotic in terms of organisation. I'm really bad at it. So it's a sort of a thing I, I have to push at and work at, and I'm still no good at it. I'm basically completely allergic to paperwork as well, and uh, which as a self-employed person couldn't be a 
bigger, bigger disaster, really. That's the thing no one tells you. No, and, and then you end Admin. up just doing what people want from you, yeah. which is not necessarily taking you what, yeah. where you want to go. Yeah, You're yeah, just yeah, like, exactly. someone's asked me for a thing, I'll do that thing, rather than yeah. you know, write a book or something yeah. that is more yeah. kind of self-directed. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So That's certainly true. Certainly true of me, anyway. So well, this is very nice tea. Oh, good. I'm glad. My one is also very nice. I've got Genmai Cha, which is a brown rice green tea, wow. which uh, I like very much. I like green teas. Yeah. Um, because well, they taste green. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's, I mean, you've got you to gotta have I a mean, reason. This is black tea, but it doesn't taste black. No. What it's does black sort of taste like? Well, the, I, <laughs> um, have you seen that new True Pigment black? The one that they've made this incredible... No. It's, they can't even call it a colour. It's a substance and it's patented, but it just absorbs all light. Wow. So if you see someone holding like a sphere of it, it looks like a hole in the universe. Wow. It's astonishing. I'll send you a link afterwards. Wow, it's cool. Oh, yeah, let's see that. Mind-blowing. I think it's called Vanta Black. Right. Um, wow. But it's not the name of the colour. It's the name of the proprietary right, substance. Right. I assume wow. they'll use it for something. God, that's interesting. Yeah. I will, I'll bear that in mind. I'm, uh, yeah. You could paint yourself black. Well, yeah, I mean, but, but I've, I've, it, it, total tangent this, but I have a company making drum kits and we're always looking for new colours and ideas and things. And people always want black drum kits, but probably not ones into which all light disappears. It's a very fascinating <laughs> idea, so I need, to, I need to tell the designer about that. This looks like, yeah, it looks like it's been photoshopped out of uh, yeah, the drum kit. Yeah, out of the picture. So you've just got the fittings. That would be really interesting. Anyway. You should do that. Yeah, I will. I will spell speak to the guy. He probably knows about it. It's probably outrageously expensive, mm. but it's prob- it might be worth it. You could have some sort of super rock star who, yeah. who had it. Yeah. Have you been wrestling with anything recently? <sighs> um, not, I mean, not, not overly. Um, I have a, I mean, I have a real problem with being certain about things. It's my, it's my general. If I have a g- general wrestling with things in, so it's an, I, I, I'm always wrestling with that. I'm, I'm so unsure about a lot of things. I think that's a good place to be. Well, I don't know, but I, but I almost admire some people's certainty. Certainly politically at the moment, there's all sorts of people who are incredibly certain about all sorts of things. And I think, how can you be? How can you be so sure? How can you possibly know? And I find that that's a thing I sort of um, that's why I do an act where the character's so certain of everything. It's because it's not what I'm like at all. And it and it if you're certain about things, it's really easy to be funny because you can be certainly wrong or you can be yeah, certainly right. And or, or and it's even better when you're certainly being certainly right and you're wrong. You know, those are that immediately generates sort of comic space, but. In my life, I'd, I don't know what I think about an awful lot of things. Yeah, I'm always compelled to undermine my own arguments on, oh, right, on okay. stage, which can yeah, come at the cost of comedy, I think. Yeah, no, very, very often. You know, maybe start qualifying things. They, they get less They get less they get funny, less funny yeah. arguably. I mean, some people are good at that, but I mean, I, you know, that's why I play a complete lunatic, because he knows exactly what he thinks. And that's a nice, a nice feeling to have. Yeah, strong opinions loosely held, I think, is the way to go. <laughs> you know, just... Yeah. Yeah. kill them all actually yeah, no that's yeah, a terrible yeah, yeah. idea well is it but it's interesting isn't it because I think very often when you react to something you have a strong reaction yeah and then when you go away and think about it you know it really is the thing of you know when they, they say when, you've, when you have children you become more right wing well you do up to a point then you go away and you think about it and they actually maybe hanging is bad <laughs> <laughs> well I, I had uh, Claire Hooper on this podcast right. a, a while ago and she was talking about how she had uh, a feeling about pedophiles in society that we don't right. treat them well enough yeah uh, and when she had a kid she thought that that would change uh, but she didn't think what if my kid were the victim of a pedophile she thought what if my kid were a pedophile yeah how would I want them to be treated and well that's that's a, a extremely thoughtful deep thoughtful way of approaching it because there's because obvi- obviously that on that issue there's your need the your knee-jerk reaction is there but what do you actually do about it if, if, if what we really want to do is stop it happening, stop yeah. that happening, what do you actually do about it? Because every now and again you do get an interview with a guy who'll say, I'm a se- I'm, I know what my, what my proclivity is, but I don't do anything about it. And I take steps not to. And you kind of think, brilliant. 
Give that guy a medal. Give that guy a medal, but you couldn't have a paedophile meddling ceremony. <laughs> why not? Why <laughs> well, not? Well, I can think of all sorts of reasons why you wouldn't. Well, you could, but I don't know how well it would play is the oh, problem. I'm wondering now, <laughs> in, the, in light of the kind of the current climate on sex offending things, yeah. whether any high-profile people will just come out kind of in advance? Well, that might be the, that might be the next thing that happened. I mean, the thing is, I mean, I think... I think it's about this there's been a lot of really interesting debate and and some of it I read a really interesting thing the other day that said um, um, uh, if you're asking for consent the entire time if it turns into this permanent sort of contractual state where does desire fit into that and if you turn it all into all sexual activity basically into a sort of transactional state that's that can't is that is that right is that good and I, I don't read this article and I thought there's a lot in this because certainly the, the I don't know the, the vast majority of I mean you know and what happened now is I think immediately as I'm saying this I'm thinking of the time when I did when I, I know I patted someone on the bottom and I probably shouldn't have done and I know yes. I've done that yes right but then I didn't do it again and I wouldn't and, and but that piece basically said, you know, when you, when you first kiss someone, you don't say, do I have your consent to kiss you? And they say, yes, you do. Yes, I think part of, like, I think this is the thing. I, I was thinking about creepiness. Um, part of finding someone attractive or having a connection with yeah. someone is that they can read your signals on yeah. a subtle level. Yeah, and you don't have to ask. And you don't have to ask and that it's all very clear. Mm. I think the problem, or where it becomes like a problem, is where you have people who are not good at reading signals, yeah. or are unwilling to read yeah. signals, and those are two very different things. I know, I know, but, but it's quite interesting though, because because what what this article sort of went on about was there were a couple of I can't remember who it was, but there were a couple of cases where a woman said basically I got drunk and I kissed someone and I shouldn't have done, mm. and and he and he was sort of arguing, kiss. He was saying kiss people, it, 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 you know, like. Yeah, it's actually okay. It's sometimes okay, and you and then go. I'm really and to say I'm really sorry. Yeah, but but if you turn it all into trap, you know, because when you the article basically said when you hire a prostitute, you say all right, oral, anal, um, or whatever, you and you do your bill of goods, your terms list, your terms list, and then you do that. And he said, is that what we want to turn everything into? And I think and I thought there was a lot. There was a lot of. It was a really interesting idea, and 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 to talk about desire in those terms that if you're is to sort of dehumanize desire on some level yeah well it sort of de-gamifies that yeah. process and part yeah. of the fun is the risk yeah but equally because how much literature is about does d- does she love me does she not yeah how much or does he love me does he not how I many mean, songs how, are about how many that? songs are about that pressure i think though that's a slightly um spectrumy way to approach it like well yeah, yeah i think yeah. if you are going in for a kiss there's probably there's like a quarter second where you're half an inch away <laughs> you know where there is actually even if you're not saying it out loud yeah. there's a question and an answer yeah there's a moment for that and if you because the thing is what i'm not taking away from this is all the thing when people go yeah but you know how will anyone ever hit on anyone in an office ever again <laughs> um, which is what a lot of people have been sort of pushing back and saying you think well let me st- but, but then one of my problems with the way how much how a lot of opinion operates now is it just seems to involve saying dumb things tribally and you think fuck off yeah if you can't get someone to go out with you without jerking off in front of her (laughs) like you probably don't deserve to make it to the end of the more about you than them you know like (laughs) I mean the thing is I mean you know that's a good that's a good example isn't it how many I mean how many women have thought that guy's jerking off in front of me? Brilliant, mm. he's the one for me. I mean, there must there must be women out there who would respond like that somewhere. Sure. I mean, there must be in the spectrum. Otherwise, of, why would evolutionary it make sense at all to do it? Well, yeah, I would think evolution's never really, never really a useful court of appeal, anyway. No, probably not. But because we've come at we, whatever evolution's delivered is a, a six billion individuals are all capable of being completely nuts isn't it yes mostly mostly <laughs> idiots yeah yeah i i just think there are quite clear lines maybe maybe it's just about 
I think there's a problem with guys with this idea of momentum. Yeah. And maybe it's about male self-esteem. Right? Yep. If you give her a second to think, she'll run away. And that's yeah, about well, like... Well, yeah, but that's also... Um, yes, that is a male self-esteem thing. Because I used to have a bit of material about... Um, um, uh, uh, the, the pub landlord had a whole thing about economics. And he said that human relationships is about economics. Supply and demand. Men are the demand. Women are literally in control of the supply. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and that's, that's how... If you think of the way men think, that you can boil it right down to that. that mm. Women literally control the supply, and men literally have a demand for the supply. And so, it, and that's all there is to it. And the thing is, is that, that I mean, that, that was reductive for comic, comic purposes, but I think that is how a lot of men think. And they kind of, there is that kind of feeling like, I've put in the effort. Yeah. You know, I've, I've, if everything's transactional, you know, uh, which is yeah. how, how we live, isn't it? In everything else, if everything's transactional, you know, I've, you know, I've made the effort. I've listened to your conversation. Yeah. You know, I've shown an interest, which is, I think, obviously, how a lot of this goes. Mm. You know, I've bought you the shots. Yeah. I thought would help. I yeah. mean, you're buying your way to an ultimate. Yeah, sort of p- p- possibly, and I think, uh, and I think, the thing is, I think that is that is how people think, and they're they're wrong. But there's an element of truth. There's an there's an element of truth in it, but they're. But they're wrong to use that as the as, as the thing that gets them up the snakes and ladder board, as it were. Yeah. Does that I, make sense? Yes, it absolutely does. I think there's a responsibility for women to say yes when they mean yes. Yeah. And maybe when they mean maybe. But the thing is, when you're a young man, when a, when a woman says yes, it's just um, in, in my experience, it was totally astonishing. I remember when I went to. When I was at an all-boys school, so I had, a, I had a year out before I went to university, and I remember when I got to university, there, there were women there who wanted to sleep with me, and it was like, what the, what the fucking hell's going on? Like, what? You, this is insane, was basically my reaction to that. Like, this girl wants to go to, go to bed with me? I don't believe it. Yeah. And I think that's the other thing that's going on in men, is that they just don't... Men knowing men are astonished if women are sexually interested in them at all. It's like a... It's like a are you fucking mad? Yeah, I think people mischaracterize men as arrogant, which many of them are. Yeah. But even if you're arrogant, I think a lot of guys don't really believe that they are at all desirable or well, because because, and I think that's you know that's that's because men don't find each other attractive. Yes. Well, straight men don't. I mean, of course, you have to qualify. Straight men don't. They don't find each other attractive. So when a woman finds them attractive, they're like, what? That's interesting, because women do find each other attractive, at least socially speaking. Yeah. You, you, as a woman, are constantly confronted with the idea of women as desirable. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, you know a, what a beautiful well, it, woman is. Yeah, yeah. It's absolutely everywhere. And there's, but, but the ideal male ideas of sort of... Um, of sort of handsome men, they're, they're all tied up in other things as well. Because yes. there's the different kinds as well. Yes, and there's part of male attractiveness that is that has got to do with things like power and confidence yeah, yeah. and yeah, yeah, aggression. Yeah, 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 yeah. And all yeah. of those are potentially really yeah. dangerous. Yeah, yeah, but that's but that's also the thing I, I think to go back to what I was just saying though. So it's that thing of astonishment that a woman would be interested. So when you think, so I think that then leads on to if a guy thinks a woman by he doesn't want he doesn't want this to go this mo- astonishing moment to go away what she's changed her mind oh god that's even that's even more unbelievable yeah. you know um, maybe but I, I mean I think this whole it's really interesting to hear this all talked about mm. it's a shame that poor old fucking show businesses had to because the thing is I don't think show business is as full of perverts or more full of perverts than any other no, business, I think if you're a room cleaner in a hotel somewhere, you yeah. get way more than a female comedian would ever get of yeah. people pulling their dicks out in front of you. Yeah, I expect so, yeah. It's yeah. just that it's going to be less of a big deal when you report it. Yeah. It's... Yeah, and and uh, yeah, and I think, because I always get really fed up. I, I was at... Um, um, uh, me and my partner, we're, we're just about to have a baby. And, uh, yeah, and which is very exciting. Although I've got teenage kids from a previous, so... So I'm simultaneously like being like, yeah, don't worry about it. It'll all be fine. And yeah. having to be excited for the first, for the first yeah. time. So it's, it's quite, an inter- quite an interesting balance of feelings that in itself. But we were at this, we, we went to this NCT class and we're talking about it was all the stuff about childbirth and or something. Really, I mean, and all the advice has changed since my first That kid. was exactly what I was about to ask. What has changed? Everything. 
everything. When I, my main memory of going to, it wasn't called, because it's called NCT, so National Childbirth Trust now. And you go to a group and you'll sit in a thing and, and partners are expected to go. 99, when my eldest was born, I think there were, f- in a group of a dozen women, there were four dads. Wow. Um, and I don't know that's, whether that was a relationship status thing or just like the guys hadn't taken the morning off work or whatever. And this was, and it was a weekday. It was weekdays as well back then. So it was clearly the emphasis was on the mums. This was the thing I went to recently was at a weekend. So you could go. Yeah. Right. And, uh, but anyway, and I remember that now all the advice basically, although they can't tell you this, the advice basically is if you can avoid using uh, pain relief, it looks like labor obviously proceeds smoother and, uh, and, basically as it's designed to more mm. right? that seems to be the advice now but but of course do what you want they're like do what you want but you know this is you'll hold it up if you do this and try not to intervene at this point because you could delay it and might make might make anyway <laughs> the advice in 99 remember we had this midwife and she just basically she went through all the options and, he was, and then she went and anyway when the baby comes you're all going to want the epidural <laughs> like laugh like that so that was the so the advice has now become this very, uh, hey, you know, do what you want, make your informed decision. Stay, you know, like, as long as you're in charge of your moment and all that, which just strikes me as culturally is what's going on in everything else. Yeah, it's all about you and your yeah. feelings. So the actual science hasn't, actually hasn't changed much. Some of the research has obviously moved on a bit, but the actual science hasn't changed. And certainly the business of having babies is... is Identical, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, and has been changed. for millions of years. But so, so, I don't know. Um, There's a really interesting sort of shift in um, medic- medicine when childbirth became the provenance of of the medical yeah, rather yeah, than yeah, of yeah, the yeah. midwife, and that sort yeah. of was where they started this habit of of putting women on their backs and using pain yep. relief rather than yep. having them kind of yep. stand and well, walk around and squat and so on. Epidural invented in 1968. You know, it's only been around as long as I have. So, yeah. um, which is really interesting because you kind of think, well, that's always, that's always been an option, hasn't it? And it, and it, and it really hasn't. No. It's fascinating, all of it. Anyway, so, but at this, we all went for lunch and the, the, it was talk, I was talking at the other end of the table with two of them because everyone's getting to know each other because that's actually what it's for. So we've got a WhatsApp group and that's you're going to say, have you, had a, have you had it yet? You know, and the guys are all saying, should we go to the pub? <laughs> I mean, you know. Um, and one of, the, one of the women said, well, of course, the thing is, I mean, you know, all you comedians are all really depressed, aren't you? And I said, well, go on then. Tell me what... Tell me tell what, me what I we're, am. Tell me what we're like then. <laughs> and she went, oh, no, I didn't mean it like that. I said, well, where'd you get that idea? Well, you know, you're all really, you're all really miserable, aren't you? And that's why you do it. And you're like, for fuck's, fuck's sake. No. And, 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 and I've always... That's a thing that's always really bugged me. Yeah. Is that... Um, is that and you'll read it in journalism as a, as a simple... You know, it's a thing everyone knows. You know, everyone knows comedians are uh, miserable. Yeah. Um, and I, and in this damage. Trouble, damage, sad clowns who can't frown, the whole thing, you know, um, yeah. crust of the clown and all that. And I think in this country it comes from Tony Hancock killing himself and then Stephen Fry very publicly, uh, not Stephen Fry. Yeah, Stephen Fry no, he's, he's the triptych, yeah. yeah. Um, so John Cleese as well in the 80s, very publicly saying, I'm going into therapy and, and writing therapy books. And then the perception was, as soon as he'd done that, he stopped being funny. Um, which I think is unfair, but I mean, also... you might as well say people who were in the Cambridge Footlights are depressed at that, with those well, stats. It, well, it, exactly, you know. And having been in, the, in its rival, the Oxford Review, <laughs> I'd say, yeah, they, would, they had reason to be depressed. <laughs> but, I mean, it, it, it's... Um, and that's the thing that really annoys me. Cause, and then this, you know, I think comics... Some tea going on in the background. I think comics are the same, you know, you look at a cross-section. So there are perverts, but there are happily married people, loyal people, um, drug fiends, square people, fitness addicts, you know, um, mega-disciplined people, highly read people, morons. You know, it's just the same as any any other trade. And it really bothers me when you get this, uh, you get told this is what you like one of the reasons why I like comedy so much going from law where you know everyone with very few exceptions was demographically incredibly similar yeah 
You had a few, yeah. a few people, you know, aspirationally who'd come up and worked really hard, yeah. and who were always going to be punished for their accent or whatever yeah, it happened yeah. to be. And then comedy, I come in and there's there's a guy who never finished high school, yeah, who is as funny or funnier than I am, yeah, with my however many degrees I yeah. have, like, yeah, 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 that's yeah, a yeah. good thing. You know, it's a brilliant thing. And also, and the other thing I think, I mean, the, and the audience is broader too. Yeah, yeah. But I think the other thing that the the one thing that comics have in, in common is everyone at some point has died on their ass. Yes. And that's it. That's the only thing everyone's got in common. Everyone at some point has died on their ass. So we all know how that feels. Mm. And it feels as I think it's probably the one thing that feels the same for everyone. Everyone has been through that experience. So that's the that's the you know, if I read that in an article about the thing of course about comedians is that, that when you point, die on your ass, yeah, it's it feels, miserable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then they've all experienced that. So that's the thing they've all got in common. Rather than, you know, he was the class clown or he w- turned the laughter of the bullies against, you know, like whatever, you know. I like. was never the class clown. I was a very quiet, weird kid at high well, school. there we go. Um, I was sort of intermittent. I couldn't uh, sometimes have the confidence to piss around and other times not have any at all. Yeah. Do you feel... Um, and I feel the same now, now. even, yeah. What, what are you confident in or when are you confident like, is it a, is it a oh, temporal thing or is it a, like a subject-specific thing? Sub, more subject-specific, yeah, I think. But, but one thing I'm really bad at is explaining myself. So very often, um, I mean, we've just done this big TV program and, um, and I was putting a lot of elements together and I knew exactly how it was going to work. Mm. And so you'd have a meeting with the director and I'd say, well, we're going to do this, that and the other. And he'd look at me like, basically like I was talking gibberish like like it was complete nonsense then you do it in front of him he's oh yeah, yeah of course that and that's the sense. that's the thing i just can't because i'm completely confident of, of what i do i don't even bother it don't, sometimes i don't even bother explaining it to myself it, it just happens yeah in work but everything else and I, god knows what's going on see i feel like that that was one of the reasons why i, I, I did the law review at sydney uni yeah and i'm you know relatively calm person and i remember just having this furious argument like putting my fist on the table just it's not funny it's not worth it it was a gag about the holocaust that yeah. i thought and my grandmother was going to come to the show she's a holocaust survivor yeah. and i just thought i was angrier about the fact that it wasn't funny enough to justify the joke than that the well, joke there we was go. being that, made now there's a fascinating subject isn't there because um that is the that is the crux of this whole thing of this idea of edgy humor and this idea of comedy pushing boundaries and all this and you know and the row that Larry David ran into really recently and all that sort of thing and that is the, I always think and, and you know you go back to Andrew Lawrence here a couple of years ago you if you want to be although he's not really offensive he was just like being literally politically incorrect yeah and that was a really interesting episode because because he, he was proved right but in everyone's reaction he said he was saying oh there's group thinking comedy and it's terrible yeah. and everyone said no there isn't <laughs> so proved him proved him right and he, in a weird way he was he was sort of he was proved right but you, but you've got to be and with it you know to go back to that joke you've got to it's got to be really really irresistibly funny yeah and then it doesn't matter what it's about yeah but the but but Obviously, the, so the bar's much higher for those kind of jokes. So, the, so if someone comes out and says everyone in this industry is shit, and you all think the same, and you all, well, if you're not very funny, if you're not funny enough, you'll never get away with it. Yeah, yeah. I did a whole segment in my show this last year that was about discomfort and yeah. deliberately sort of doing jokes that looked like they were going in one direction yeah, yeah, or would yeah. say, if, and then bringing yeah. them round to be about something else. And I gave it such a shallow on-ramp because I was really interested in this. How far yeah. can you push people? How, how much can you bring people yeah. along? Uh, so it was all about, you know, gut reactions and, and how people leapt to conclusions. And one woman in the middle of it just went, you can't talk about that stuff. And I was like, that's the whole... I'm talking about how you can't... I'd, t- I'd yeah, literally yeah, yeah, yeah. just given an example of a woman who jumped to conclusions yeah. and then she, she came in. Yeah. And it was, uh, I mean, it was a night that the Scotsman was in, so it wasn't great for me. Um, <laughs> oh, God. It was uh, not a good review, but it was just really interesting because I had brought this up kind of almost in an academic way. Like, this is what I'm going to try to do now. Yep. And then here are the steps towards what I'm doing. Yep. And I thought it was so obviously laid out. Yeah, but and there you go. And even so, the, one, the word that I used just boom. But you know what? That, but the, that's, the, that's the thing that... Um 
never ceases to amaze me. I mean, you know, I've a, this is the thing with my act, is I've always had these people say that they, they, they think it's real. And you kind of think, how can you possibly think this is, this is real? You know, Do you I, believe that? How that can you possibly believe? And it's, very, you know, and it's very often people who, you know, there's the two wrong ends of the stick. So there's the people who go, oh, you're absolutely right what you said about that. And then the other end of the stick where people are going, you shouldn't say these terrible things because you're encouraging the worst people in the world. And you think, what? Like, you know, uh, 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 and, and I kind of think you can't portray something Yes. If you don't paint a picture of it, yeah. <laughs> literally. You know, and I, I, cause a, a woman on Twitter uh, ages ago said, oh, your act's everyday sexism and tagged in everyday sexism. And I said, that's a portrayal of it. It's a portrayal of it. You can't, I can't yeah. portray it without showing it. That's what I'm doing. I don't want to do a talk about it. Yeah. I just want to do, show it and you're, show how absurd it is. You're ridiculing it. Yeah, I'm re- sending it up. No, completely unacceptable. And you think, fuck. You know, yeah. and I th- that's, that's the thing I think is really interesting at the moment. It's, that, that you even raising it raising a thing and I used to have a I used to have a um, routine f- two three shows ago I used to do this thing where I said I'm going to say the most I'm going to do say the most taboo thing you can possibly say right right now in the UK right and I did a massive build up for it it was stupid yeah and I said I'm going to be the only I'm the only person prepared to say this right now and you know and and hold on to your hats and all it all I and it's, it's daft this is a dummy so I end up saying you know Star Wars is shit I don't like it right and you'd actually have people going no it's it's brilliant you think that, that, <laughs> a, 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 you know because I think because there was a period here where people were you know saying the edges thing and that was their act yeah. that was their pitch yeah. you know you wait till you hear the yeah, I mean, and dangerous thing and, I, and that's that turns into machismo and all those sort of things and there's no point in doing that unless there's a point in doing there's it there's a point in doing it like you can't yeah. just say it for the sake of saying yeah. it. You know, f- the point of freedom of speech is that you should be able to uh, present your opinions yeah. if you f- believe them. Yeah. You can't just say an opinion for the sake just of... Just spray stuff out. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Although, although, I mean, although the good thing is when someone says something, something daft, we get to realise they're daft. So, you know, yeah. it's the sort of... that's People who don't self-censor as as useful as the... As the people who do. do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the thing to that, everyone else, not to themselves necessarily. Well, you get to have a look at the argument for mm. what it is. If it doesn't have the open yeah. air, then... I, like, there's so many things that you have in your head that don't follow logically. Yeah. And it's not until you are forced to explain them... Yeah. ...step by step yeah. that you'll realise there's a massive step missing yeah. in the middle. Yeah. But it, with jokes, I mean, it's always that... You know, if, you, if you're going to do a joke about the Holocaust, it had better be really, really, really funny. Yeah. You know, or, or why are you doing it? What's the, yeah, what's the point of you it? You know, and I think that's, that's because that, I think what that actually in the end, for me, answers is the question of what's the point of doing comedy, and it's to be funny. Yes. All the other things are means to the ends. Yes. And I don't think that, some, I mean, this is a traditional kind of, because um, it, Go back two steps. One is yeah, that yeah. you you say if you're going to do it, it has to be really really funny, um, and there's this argument that happens regularly, which is it's offensive, it's not funny. Yeah. But those two things are completely separate. Oh no things. no no no. Well, no you, but they, that's exactly my thinking on this. Actually, when someone says, if, "Well, I mean," that something can be funny and offensive. Oh yeah, but when someone says, "I'm offended." Yeah. What they actually mean is I didn't find that funny. Yes. But saying I didn't find that funny is like saying I'm not enjoying this party. Yes. It makes you sound like a drip. Yes. Makes you sound powerless. Yeah. Whereas if you say I'm offended, you're 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 powered up. You're in you're you're the you're not passive. You're active in that situation. Yeah. I am offended is active, rather than I didn't find that funny is is passive. Glenn Wool had a really good joke this year at Edinburgh I don't think I'll say it on the on the podcast but I'll tell right. it to you afterwards yeah, yeah. but it was uh, about this specifically and I think it was my favourite joke of right. the festival though I didn't see your show yeah. so I'm sure you had oh no 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 this, <laughs> no, this year's was this year's was all mad stuff about Brexit so some Which, of it so elliptical someone after the show said you never mentioned Brexit and I'm like I just did an hour we just did an hour and a half about it we really did we did all about it you know because because it because and that's the thing, actually, that's the thing that really bugs me at the moment is this thing of, um, or a difficult idea at the moment is satire. 
at the moment here. This, the, people have got such a weird idea about it. They think it means jokes about politicians. Yes. And it, and it really, really, it really doesn't. In fact, it's the opposite of that. And, 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 and the argument's been confused by ideas about punching up and punching down, which I think is a valid, valid enough starting point for a thing. But if you live in a plural plural democratic society with all sorts of different um, levers on influence and thought the idea wh what is punching up what is punching down is very hard to say yeah well privilege is not an absolute it will exist no. in one room and not in another yeah. Yeah. you are have power you have power in one yeah, situation yeah, 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 and yeah, not yeah, in yeah, another yeah because yeah. I, I had a bloke people don't want to admit that no no no, no like but it's, 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 it's reached absurd absurd situations there was someone Someone um, a while ago had a go at me for doing jokes about Ed Miliband on Twitter. He said I was punching down. That's when Ed Miliband was trying to become Prime Minister. That yeah. is not punching down. No. Right? That is, that is, I'm really sorry, that is punching up, right? Yeah. It's punching because, up. Because I'm not trying to be Prime Minister. If I mean, you're in a closed room with three of your mates and he's there on his own and you start making jokes about him, maybe then it's punching down. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. But it's just, it's just, but, but the, but the problem is, is, is punching up, punching down idea is a good enough starting point, but in a way it's sort of got out of the reservation and it's in the hands of idiots. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. lots of, like lots of good ideas, you know, they, they, once they escape the people they're useful for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you see what I mean? Yes. And, oh, someone's having an incident. Um, <laughs> Look, I, yeah, I think people don't like context. They want rules. Yeah. And rules are always inherently sort of... But rules are products of context. So... Yeah. Anyway. They're so their own context. So, you know, it's, you'd eat your tail if you chase after that one. Yeah, but this, yeah, punching up, punching down. Where, what is up? What is down? Where yeah. are you in any given yeah. position? And how, yeah. you, how you feel makes a massive difference yeah. to that. Well, because I'm, I'm in a classic heckle of, of you're the one with the microphone. That's someone saying to the comedian, you're punching down. Yep. But, yeah, you've put the comedian up there because yep. you've given them the microphone. Yes. So, in effect, by being in an audience. So, yes. what's your point? What's, yeah, what's the point? Of, I always am confused by hecklers as to why they want to ruin their own night. <laughs> like, what, what is that masochism? Yeah, it's great, isn't it? It's so weird. And that's, I mean, that's, again, that's another journalistic thing. I wish I was never asked again what the best heckle I've ever had was. Yeah, because you think it, it perpetuates the idea yep. that there's a good heckle. I've been asked that question more times than I've been heckled. Yeah. Well, I think one of the things to remember is that, like, when you're on stage, unless you're incredibly relaxed, when someone heckles you, you almost don't hear the words. No. You d what you hear is somebody... An interruption. That's yeah, all you hear. someone ruining your rhythm... Yep. Like ruining the audience's rhythm, breaking a spell, yep. shattering the moment, trying to pull focus—all the things that. Um, it's all a the power that, play. Yeah. I get it a lot. Do you? No, I don't get a lot. I get it a lot <laughs> when I'm in rural pubs in oh, right. Australia because oh, God, my yeah. accent in Australia sounds prissy. Right. Because I'm overeducated. Right. So I have, I have hecklers when I'm out there. Otherwise, I, I tend to be okay. Yeah. Um, I did once make a man eat a dry Barocca on stage. Did you? Yeah, that was fun. That was definitely punching down. No, it was, <laughs> he, was, he was in the front row and he kept saying quite sexual things. And I had a can of Barocca on stage, mainly because I was headlining and the, all the previous acts had been young men right. who talked about how great it was to be able to drink beer on stage. Right, right, right. Which was, you know, fine, but it sort of got a bit repetitive. So yeah. I don't drink, so I brought up a thing of Barocca and drank a glass of Barocca. <laughs> Because I thought it would be funny. Yeah. Uh, but it did mean that when this guy said what he said, I. You could I make had. him eat it. But he ate it, did he? And then, yeah, and then, then it became fun because I was like, right. why did you. Yeah, yeah, why yeah. did you do just what I told you? <laughs> and that was fun. But uh, other than that, I tend mostly just to ride over them or mm. try and get rid of them as quickly mm. as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. you don't want to give them. No, then it turns into. It, it, then it. Well, then you're not doing the thing you're meant to be doing. <coughs> I'd rather like cast a long spell and it be yeah. you know where do we end up two hours later but well your stuff is quite theatrical by definition yeah, if you're yeah. doing a character you need yeah. to have that kind of suspension of yeah. disbelief yeah yeah completely and I mean I guess you've been doing the character for so long that you can be kind of spontaneous within it yeah but even so it's sort of 
No, it's just. I it mean, brings you onto stage. What we're basically saying is, it's a big, pa- it's a colossal pain in the ass. It's a massive pain in the ass. <laughs> Say it afterwards. Tweet it. What, like, write it on a piece of paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put yeah. it in a suggestions yeah. box. Yeah, like, just, absolutely. Like, just, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't like it. And then you have Twitter as well. Hmm. Do you get much stuff on that? A bit. It's not. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, this year has been nowhere near as. Um, uh, uh, sort of aggro as last year was or the year before it's sort of hostile divots seem to have um, gone away a bit and it might be it might be I'm just being less combative than I was um, but it might not be it seems to the, they seem to have gone away do you think that's better better blocking mechanisms with Twitter or well maybe I mean maybe it's just I've blocked them all I mean it could be you've blocked all of the assholes in the world blocked all the planet's assholes <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wish, I wish, I wish we could. <laughs> It'd be good. It is, yeah. Or maybe it's because Brexit's gone through, and well, it might be. But but there's there's st- there's still those people patrolling who go around going, "Get over it, get over it, we're leaving." And you sort of think, "Okay, I'm fine." But, but but we're allowed to talk about the technical details, aren't we? Yes. <laughs> the the log- Yeah, I have a friend who works in Treasury. All right. And she said when it came through, they all walked away from their desks they got they got they said they pulled them out into the meeting room and they said yeah. don't go back to your computer don't look at your emails don't talk to any journalists come back on monday because they had absolutely no plan yeah, yeah. none of the people who were responsible for uh implementing it no. wanted it to happen nope and that is not a good place to get anything done no no it's i mean it you know it's uh, it's it's sort of spectacular in a way in a way that makes me not resolved to it, but sort of the sort of the spectacular nature of it is a, is a is a, an incredible thing to behold in a way. Yeah, you know. So so there's sort of there's sort of awe in in it. I mean, I'm you know I still think it's a, just willfully daft, and and it, you know, and it's the thing that always happens in this country with the Conservative Party's problems become everyone else's. It's a nice uh, counter argument to the to the idea that progress is linear. Oh yeah, well, the, well, <laughs> well, that's a really that's an inter- that's a that's because it isn't. No. Right? And um, I was watching um, the new Star Trek with my with my younger daughter, and uh, and then and they they keep referring back to the original series, so I put it on, and she's like, "What the basically what the what the fucking hell is this?" Right? Yeah. Because they're in their sort of jumpers and on a wonky set, and um, it's glorious. It's it's amazing, and and Shatner is like absurdly charismatic and uh, yeah. brilliant, brilliant in it. Like like it's probably the one of the greatest TV turns of all time. Yes, right. he's just he's completely irresistible. Anyway, yeah, I find it so because I'm so not attracted to him. So he's sort of so meaty and sweaty, and then when he starts acting, you're like, oh yeah, 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 like and Colin especially Firth. when he was, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. not attractive, but he acts really handsome. Yeah, but but, but especially. <laughs> Yeah, Shatner, it, when he was, however it was, 30 or whatever it was, in that. He's yep. just like, he's, he's glorious. I mean, I've said earlier that men can't tell if other men are attractive. That's not quite true. But that's one way. Um, but I remember as a boy have, thinking, that's the kind of man you want to be. Because like, yep. he's, he's rugged, he's decisive. He's emotionally he's, open. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but nevertheless in control of his emotions. It's yep. all really brilliant. Anyway, but the thing is, the thing is, the new Star Trek set 10 years before that. And then old Star Trek. You know, it's, 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 it's meant to be 10 years later. And in the new one, none of the women are wearing mini skirts, right? But in the old one, of course, they all are. So that immediately got me to thinking, you know, who says progress is linear? You know, maybe the, there's some sort of, in the Federation, you know, uh, the year after Discovery set, there was some massive sexist pushback. Yeah, some third wave feminism, <laughs> empowered sexuality That's movement. Right. That, well, that was defeated. <laughs> and, the, and, the, and, the men are, and the men are like, no, you're, you're miniskirts and you're radio operators and nurses, all right? And we're going, because none of this has worked. This, and maybe, maybe, I'm just sort of fantasizing with the idea that what happens on Discovery, because it's a woman is the protagonist, you know, it leads to... Yeah, this, never again. Never again. We let this go too far. We gave her a starship to cause a galactic war. You, she's the Julia Gillard. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but she's like, she's the, she's, the, she's the watershed moment that sends progress back. No, enough. That's, that is a beautiful idea. <laughs> I like that a lot. 
I mean, there's this, this law happening in Mississippi at the moment, this bill. It's, I don't know if it's passed or not, but it's about um, protecting the religious belief. And right. The one specific religious belief that marriage is between a man and woman and that yeah. man and woman is defined by uh, sex assigned at birth. Yeah. Um, and it's also, in one of the clauses, I was looking at it, um, it says that you cannot retaliate against an employer who insists on gender-appropriate clothing right. in the workplace. Right. So for me, that's that moment. That's the gender-appropriate, like, all girls have to wear skirts yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. what, what yeah. defines gender-appropriate? Well, it, well, well I, I would say whatever you, a woman would want to wear. Yeah, obviously <laughs> you'd say that, well, but you're yeah, not a legislator you, you, in Mississippi. No, 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 but, it may, but, a, but a, clever, a clever lawyer might get hold of that and say, well, it's whatever a woman wants to wear, surely. You know, like... Be reasonable here. What does your wife wear? Yep. You know, you can see that being, you can see the wings being pulled off that by a clever... Oh, I hope so. I mean, the other thing is, is you sort of think... I mean, it's a really nicely written bill. It's clearly it? like someone who's into the plain English movement for legislation. So you've got to admire that. You, like, it, <laughs> you can understand what, like, Americans go for really arcane drafting. But then you can read law. So, you, you know, you're coming at this differently to me. Yes, I can read law. I don't enjoy reading law very often. But, yeah, specifically... Um, American drafting is usually really. I mean, I think it's really interesting that, isn't it, though, that, that, that the, the state would, would that some legislators would push back and say marriage is, should be between whoever. You kind of think, you sort of almost think. I mean, it, it leads you to the thing: why is this the state? Why is this the state? Capital S, the state, or a state business at all? Yep. Um, you know, I mean, because I've always thought that 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 actually it needs to go completely in the other direction. The state should butt out of, of all marriage of this, entirely. of well, all of it. Yeah, specific, yeah, specifically, I think, if you're arguing for gender equality, a lot of the protections that marriage provides in terms of, like, tax law and stuff, mm. which is one of the reasons why yeah. same-sex uh, couples want it, um, is predicated on the idea that you have a dependent and a... Yeah, 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 yeah. And a worker. yeah. Like things like alimony law and yeah. all of that is really well. Having been divorced, it's heavily I mean, it, well, it, well, it is. And the, the, a friend of mine's mum is the um, is pushing for the the thing because she's basically saying, "What are we saying to women if they get married and then a man and then they divorce after ten years and thirty years later the guy's still supporting her? What yeah. are we actually saying to women? Yeah, are we saying you're dependent on men because I thought I thought that's what we weren't saying anymore. Yeah, and I think that's re that's really really interesting. It's one thing to calculate. And certainly, having been divorced, it's really fucking interesting. <laughs> well, it's one thing to calculate, for example, um, the cost of children in terms of like yeah. career damage. Yeah, and you can pretty much nowadays with the kind of access to data that we have, you can calculate that. Yeah, how much on average does a woman suffer? Yeah in a dollar amount for yeah. having taken years out to, to yeah. bring up kids and how long has she taken out to bring up the kids and yeah. you know what's her, you can even bring it down to like what's her industry what do women suffer yeah, in, yeah. If, if that is if yeah. she's the primary carer which yeah. more or less more women than men tend to want to be the primary yeah, carer yeah, yeah. biologically or sociologically yeah, I'm not yeah, going to yeah, ask yeah. that but you can probably calculate that but that's not what alimony payments are being calculated no, no, on no they're certainly not they're being calculated on you having been his secretary <laughs> Yeah, and now needing some. Well, because the, the, the story was in the it was in the thing in the paper this week of a bloke who'd been, who you know, third, fifteen years later or something. Well, so what, so what happened is he bought his wife his ex wife a house, mm. and then she sold it and speculated with it on the property market oh, and wow. crapped out, and and so came back to him and said, "I'm destitute, and you need to, we need to renegotiate." So they put his alimony up, and you kind of think, how on earth is that um, just? Yeah, the style to which I've been accustomed and all of that. Um, if you listen to The Dollop, which is a history podcast, yeah. very funny, um, they did a, an episode on Errol Flynn recently, who had just oh, wow. the worst divorce. Well, the trouble he'd be in now, Jesus oh Christ. Oh, my God, yes. Um, but he had the worst divorce settlement in history. And in, in the context of his shitty life, it's probably deserved. <laughs> but he had to pay, uh, he had to pay his ex-wife... A proportion of his earnings that went up every time his earnings went up but never went down. Yeah. And he also had to pay tax on on, on that. So yeah. when he paid tax, it moved the earnings up into a oh. higher tax bracket and then he had to pay tax on that as Jesus well. Jesus Christ. Just astonishing. And it's, she had a good lawyer. She had a great lawyer and ended up basically bankrupting him in the end because God. his earnings went down. 
Jesus Christ. And those didn't. But uh, in you know, in the context of him being a rapist and an asshole. Yeah. Well, yes, of course. It's probably yeah, yeah. probably some sort of some justice. Some sort of karmic turnaround. But, yeah. But in general, the fact that that can even happen. Yeah. Is madness. Yeah. See what is yeah what is going on, what is going on in that bit of I don't know. Yeah, that's it is an interesting idea though because because. That that point this friend of mine's mum was making. You know, what are we what are we saying to women? Yeah. Um, and she said, "There's a couple of, and it's because people, it's because of all these Russians and people who come here to get divorced. The oligarchs get here, come here to get divorced because oh, really? the law's so loose. Uh-huh. So the wives insist on being divorced here, and then will walk away with, you know, fifty four million and a, a new Ferrari every quarter, or whatever. And this friend of mine's mum saying, "Why? What? Why do they get that? What? What for?" Yeah. And they've been married five years. How's that? How have they contributed? Yeah. And, and well, not even how do they contribute? Like, what's that? What, what's, the, what's the law doing there? Yeah. Um, it's really, I think it's fascinating, really. I, I think it is also incredibly, incredibly fascinating. And I don't know what the solution is. Oh, God knows. I mean, you know, but having been through it as well, you sort of think, I remember having one conversation. That can't make any. That can't make any sense. No, no, that's that's what's happening. There's a, a really Bad fascinating luck. hashtag on Twitter about um, sort of the. I think it reflects on the old idea of marriage more, uh, but it's it's men thanking their wives in mainly academic papers and books. Oh God, no! I read this where they where they typed it up. They've typed it up eight times from scrappy handwritten notes yeah. and done all the research yeah, and basically and like, written it. Yep, and they just get this one line of thanks, yeah, and yeah. usually not even named, just thanks to my wife. Yeah, 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 for yeah, yeah. Doing 70 yeah. of the work. Yeah, yeah, that is all really strange, isn't like, it? Like, those ladies should get alimony. Like, yeah. But well, yeah, or, yeah, or, or be the professor. <laughs> yeah, be the professor. They should get a, yeah, a degree, a, PhD, oh, a Mrs. PhD. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, apart, like, if you're two lawyers who meet at, you know, your firm and get married, then why should she be supported by him necessarily? Well, God knows. But also there is that thing, that the decisions you make together are decisions you both have to be responsible for. Yes. So if the, de- the decision you both made together that you both agreed on was that one of you would put their career on hold, it's not, it's not that one of you made the other do it mm. or any of that. I don't know. I... <laughs> so this is a subject I put to bed a while ago. So I oh, sorry, really, am I digging no, up old? No, no, not at all. You should really, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> but, you know, okay, to take it one step away from the personal, it is academically an interesting Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. you, you incentivise certain stuff. Well, every, but everything, but that's always the, you know, unforeseen incentives, isn't it? In, yeah. In all things. That's a, an economics idea, isn't it? It's, what are the these unforeseen incentives that appear out of... Thin air. You can enact a law that does one thing that creates a. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Uh, like I, I understand conservatism, even though I'm not hugely conservative myself. I have a few conservative opinions because all of these lovely ideas about progress always end up having super weird side effects. Yeah. Like uh, in in well, in law, you know, partnership law has led directly to a rash of wives running away with tennis instructors because partnership law opens you to um, financial liability for losses made by the partnership in right. a law firm. So all, all partners in law firms sign their properties over to their wives. Right. Which means that they're incredibly oh. legally vulnerable to these wives running, running off. off with, wow. That's a thing. That's a real thing that happens, which you wouldn't but you have see, thought. What you see, what you just said there, though, is, is what takes me back to the very first thing I said about being unsure about being certain. Yeah. Because, because, you know, you... you, you Every every single progressive progressive movement there's been in the in the bright ideas it's had has ended up had the potential to end up somewhere really properly horrendous. Yeah, hugely horrendous. Every bright idea ever, yep. basically. I mean, what one thing that I've talked about often is um, women in the workforce has reduced social mobility. Right. Because women, when they began to move into the workforce, took the secretarial jobs and the yeah. typing jobs and all yeah. of these jobs that would have been taken by ambitious young men from the lower class. Right. So our social mobility now is lower than it has have, has been since the depression. Oh, and there's that idea, isn't there, as well, of a sort of um, of a sort of graduate class. Uh, you know, everyone 
going to university, meeting, having those children that then go to university. And, it's, and it, it, they're talking American now that there is this sort of graduate middle class that's sort of floating off into its own cultural space. Yes. They're shutting everyone else out of everything else. Yeah. And things like uh, the privilege discourse, which I think is yeah. really good for progress, people recognising yeah. that they have status compared yeah. to other people. But because it's becoming so kind of dominant among yeah. a certain class, I think it has the potential to like fix in place those hierarchies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like maybe this is just me defending racist Australia. <laughs> because in Australia there's a tradition of the most recent immigrants get yeah. a lot of shit. Yeah. And it's horrible and it's unjustifiable. Yeah. Racism is directed towards the new group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they naturalize and the next group that comes in gets the flag. Yeah. But if you if you embed the fact that these people are um, oppressed yeah. by virtue of the fact that they've been the recipients of yeah. oppression. Like you embed of, the oppression. You embed the impression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, for example, women, traditionally an oppressed class, yeah. not all women are oppressed. No. Some women now have power. Yeah. And if you treat them like victims by default... Yeah. Well, the, it's yeah. a worry. It's, I, I mean, I, again, but I'm then, a woman... But then, uh, you know, I... I, I I was my ex-wife's Australian, so I had a lot of exposure to Australian culture, which I found amazing. <laughs> as a as a because because it, it's basically a thing a thing that the British set up and then like went all right we're off <laughs> we're gonna leave you to it and uh, and the just I mean I I remember being absolutely amazed in the nineties at the sort of um, the use of the word walk, which was like. Yeah, and I know, and I know, you know, obviously know about it and where it fits and how it got reclaimed and all that sort of thing. But I'd hit my family were were you know, ang- what what you'd call Anglo-Australian. They were English originally. Yeah, you know, they're in- English surname. Yep, all that sort of thing from Bendigo, and they'd use the word, and you'd think. I'm really, I'm really uncomfortable with this. Like, it'd be proper. I'd be like, you can't say that. And they go, well, what's your problem? It's all, it's all. That's all kind of been re- resolved. And you didn't. I didn't know if it had been. I didn't know why they were saying it. Yeah. I, I, as well, a bit of me that a bit of me that wished I was comfortable enough to be able to talk like that in a way. Because if that's well, if that refers to a completely different ethnic group. Yes, of course right? it does. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but that sort of. Yeah, but but that's sort of also not the point because I thought no. we didn't refer to ethnic groups with names that are, you know, conceptually pejorative yes. or whatever. But but it was I remember that being really like a you know, and it was when the, the when the the movie was out, you know, the Wog Boy and it's like what you see the posts of it, what the hell's this? Christ, what's going on? Where am I? You know, yeah. and, and and then you look into it and know what it was and it was comics doing it and all that sort of thing. Yeah, and it's a, well, I'd say that term is more often used by its own kind of Yeah, well exactly. And then and then group and then what can you else? say about it, you know? If someone else is using that term, are you allowed to use it? Well, that was what was that was the thing that I was sort of, you know, with my family thinking. Bendigo know. is a fascinating case. Oh, yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. Just in terms of their Chinese population yep. who came out during the gold rush. Have you been to that Chinese oh. museum in Bendigo? Yeah, 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 yeah. Where there was yeah. like the statistically at one point, again, due to unforeseen incentives, they sent all the men out yep. and kept their wives at home so that they yep. would send money back to China. Yeah. So there was like 9,000 Chinese men and two Chinese women at yeah. one point on the census. Yeah. Holy shit. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. All of that. And there were the tax on being Chinese and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Which is sort of, oh, right. Okay. That's, that's different. I mean, I was just uh, killing time at the Jewish Museum around the corner from here, which is really, really good. And, and the stuff about, you know, uh, I mean, it's in the, 11, in the 13th century about Jews having to wear a badge. Yeah. And then what they had to, re- the way their repayment, because, you know, they'd be, forced into being moneylenders and then the repayment schemes that were enacted in you know in Magna Carta the the, the rights of Jews are basically restricted yeah you know which when you hear people talk about oh Magna Carta is the foundation of all the law in this country think well yeah but have you read it yeah not all the law is great what's in it yeah Um, but that but that so a lot of that stuff in Australia I was thinking it's kind of kind of English isn't it (laughs) yeah although well, we had martial law, military law for the first sort of yeah, 15, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 20 years. But although, although the really, I remember going to see, um, 
thing that really used to piss me off um, uh, in Australia was this kind of thing. Oh, that was the English when that happened. It wasn't us, right? And, um, <laughs> and uh, I went to see Rabbit Proof Fence. Oh, right? God, yes. You know, which is, of course... Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking, a brilliant bit of filmmaking. And Kenneth Branagh's in it as the controller of the Aboriginal populations or whatever in Western Australia. Yep. And he plays him as an Englishman, right? Yep. And, you know, when you read into it, the guy was... You know, every, every, the thing is, is everyone in, at that time in Australia was, was, was Australian, I'm afraid, yes. by then. Yes. And also, you went there to be one. Yes. Right? You didn't go there to be English and to... You, you, you Rhetorically know I, speaking, you did. It's a really interesting but but, but, but anyway, but yes. the point is, so he's playing it with his cut glass and we need to do something about the Aboriginal population, breed out breed out the Aboriginal, right? And this woman in the row behind me... They make great villains. Oh, they do. But this is, the, this is part of my problem because it's like this washing of hands about, about it all. And this woman in the row behind me went, you see, kids, it was the Poms that did this. And I thought, oh, fuck you. Right? <laughs> Not, you know, Yeah. even though... Even though, you know, obviously I can't be, I can't be held responsible for any of that because yep. of where I'm from. But you know what I mean? It's just sort of that, that sort of uh, hand washing and all the terrible things happened before we, we were good old Aussies, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was interesting until the 60s, really, um, when you finished school as a young lady of a certain class, you'd go back to England or you'd go yeah. to England f- to finishing school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was called Going Home. Really? Even if you had never been to England wow, before in your life. God, I didn't know about that. So there was a like this hand-washing thing. There was this idea of all power kind of right. being British, even yeah. when it was obviously Australian. Yeah. Um, God, that's interesting. Yeah, and, and all kind of authority. I mean, imagine that now. I mean, that you know, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> have you come home? Is that yeah, it? Yeah, I've come home. <laughs> yeah, mate. Yeah, mate. I've come home. Yeah. <laughs> Where can people find you online? And uh, um, I'm at Al Murray on Twitter. It's sort of the best way in to finding me. To or, find you. And you've got a Christmas special coming up? Yes, on ITV. De- Friday, December the 22nd with guests and songs. A song called You Can't Even Say Christmas Anymore. I like that. Which, uh, which uh, I'm very pleased with. And games and all sort of mad, mad sort of a mixed bag of stuff. Well, I Lots of stand-up. I will. I look forward to watching that. I uh, don't have a TV, but I'll find someone who does. <laughs> Some fucker will stream it. Someone, yeah, it'll be online. I'll steal it from you. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Thank you so much for having tea with me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thanks very much. That wasn't. Lally rifle, doll, lally rifle, day. 
And when the boss, he looks round the door, tie your ends up, doffers, he will roar. Well, tie our ends up, we surely do, for Elsie Thompson, but not for you. Lally rifle, doll, lally rifle day. Oh, Elsie Thompson is going away, is it tomorrow or yet today? We'll tie our ends up and leave our frames and wait for Elsie to return again. Lally rifle, doll, lally rifle, day.